You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. There's no show better. And we've done a bunch of great drives this season. But there's no show better than the Super Bowl edition of The Drive. We thank you for being a part of it at 1-800-919-3776. Also, hit us up on social media. That is X, formerly Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Joe and Chantel along for the ride until 5 o'clock. Yes, we have company. Yes, Jamie Harris of the Amsterdam News will join us at 3 o'clock. We'll, we'll do football at 2. Take a little break. Got to acknowledge the Knicks and the new folks that came in and what that means. He'll take us through that at 3, and then at 4 o'clock we'll go back to football and Jay Bromley will join us in that hour to get us geared up and ready as we will be an hour and a half from game time at that point here on The Drive on 9870 ESPN. Want to hear from you. 1-800-919-3776. couple of things about this Super Bowl edition of The Drive and the Super Bowl today. Joe Leo, Chantel Rank has put together some questions to throw out to you. And one of them is particularly interesting to me. And that is, does this game really change anyone's legacy? All week long, we've heard about how great Patrick Mahomes is, and he is. All week long, we've talked about how many Super Bowls he's had in his career, already young man in his career. But there's one person, and Andy Reid, obviously. Andy Reid is, is... gaining more and more stature is unbelievable. He went from a guy who was billed as he could never win a Super Bowl when he was in Philly, right? Doesn't win the Super Bowl, doesn't win the big game. And now in Kansas City, he can't can't seem to lose the big game. He's been there a couple of times, only lost once. But for me, the person's legacy that could really change is Kyle Shanahan. Here is a guy who is well-respected. Here is a coach who is fabulous when it comes to offensive mindset, when it comes to offensive game plans, when it comes to offensive philosophy. Kyle Shanahan is outstanding. There's, there's, nobody, there's, there's not many better. He is among the top two or three great minds offensively in the National Football League. But he lost his last Super Bowl. So he, he now has the reputation of a guy who is really talented, is really smart, is really a game changer, is, is outstanding. But why can't he win? Why, what happens to him? In big games. Why is he not the guy that gets you over the next level? What happened? Why does he get conservative in key moments? Why is there a balance for him that he has to change? And it's interesting because it is the same question that you could ask of a Rex Ryan. It's the same question you could ask of a Todd Bowles. Guys who are known to blitz. Defensive coordinators, defensive minds who love to put pressure on quarterbacks because they understand the more pressure you put on the quarterback, you can force them into turnovers. 
when I covered the Jets during the Rex Ryan era, he wanted as many corners as he could have on the team. He would bring up as many corners as he could. He might not have as many D linemen. He might not have as many linebackers, but he had as many cornerbacks as he could because he understood the blitzing pressure could make a change and difference and change the game plan. And so, but late in games, late fourth quarter, Todd Bowles was the same way. Had a chance to cover him during his tenure here. Another guy who loved the blitz. Late in games, they don't do it. Late in games, they don't. Late in games, they go into a, a zone or they, they seem apprehensive or they're not as aggressive. Is it in the back of their mind? They don't want to be burned by that same blitz that, they has, that has gotten them to that point? I don't know. But that's the question that is going through people's minds about Kyle Shanahan. So during the week, and there was a lot of conversation and a lot of Super Bowl press conferences during the week. During the week, Kyle Shanahan was asked about that pain of losing Super Bowls. Now, I'll get that to a second. Because that's, what, that's whose legacy could change with a win today. Does it hurt Andy Reid if he loses? No, not really, because this 49ers team for most of the season has been the class of the National Football League. This 49ers team dominated teams. This 49ers team obliterated teams. This 49ers team was like the Baltimore Ravens. They did it, 49ers did it more offensively. The Ravens did it more defensively, but they were the two top teams for most of the season. Then all of a sudden, something happened to the Niners. It's, it's the reverse of Kansas City, right? Kansas City was struggling most of the year. What's going on? Look at the dissension. Look at Patrick Mahomes yelling at offensive linemen. The guys can't hold on to the football. The, the guards can't block. He's being pressured. He's being sacked. This forced him into turnovers. Look at all the turnovers that Patrick Mahomes has this year. What's going on? Is it, what's happening with this team? They're going to take a step back. And then all of a sudden, they're able to flip a switch. Now, they are not the Kansas City Chiefs that we have seen in previous years. This is not the big play Chiefs who can march down the field and score from anywhere. This is not the Kansas City version of the greatest show on turf. This year, they have become a balanced team. Now, they were kind of a balanced team last year once they lost Tyreek Hill to Gordon Damer's Miami Dolphins. And so they weren't that big strike team. But even in the year they had him, they had to make adjustments because teams started to say, listen, we're going to make you march it down the field. You can't just throw one, one or two passes to the cheetah and think it's going to be okay. We're not just going to sit back there. We're going to challenge you. And that's what they did. And so that's why teams had to make adjustments. This year was a little different. Receivers couldn't hold on to the football, no running game. But over the past couple of weeks, that has changed. And so even though they are not as efficient in the red zone as they have been previously, and they have to be better today, otherwise they will lose this game, they have been a better team. This, for the first time during this run for Kansas City, 
This has been a team that's been identified by their defense. Their defense has been the most consistent part of this team this season. Their defense has kept them in game so they could find a way to pull out victories. Their defense has been the one that has changed quarterbacks and put them in, in different spots and different rotations and made them do things and get rid of the football and force turnovers. Their defense has been the most consistent part of this Kansas City team all season. That's been the big difference. And so another person's legacy who's going to be affected today is Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for Kansas City. If he is able to shut down what is arguably one of the most potent offenses in the National Football League on average, where you've got George Kittle at tight end, you've got Ayuk in the running back, you've got McCaffrey running back, you've got uh, just a a bunch of, of great players there, okay? And Brock Purdy. And yeah, I know, well, he's not this, he's not that, he's not that great, he's okay, he's a game manager, he's this. He wins. He wins. And he's got his team ready to win the Super Bowl. That's all I know. I get what you're saying. Are we saying he's the greatest ever? No. I didn't even mention Debo Samuel. So this offense is, and oh, by the way, defense is not bad either. Now, have they been the physical, intimidating defense that they started out this season to be? No, they've tailed off. And that's where the interesting chess match today begins. Because it's, what will that defense do against Patrick Mahomes? They got to pressure him. They can't let him sit back there and throw the ball all over the field. They have to get pressure. How will they do that? It's going to be a fascinating game today. 1-800-919-3776. Come on back. We'll take your calls next. It's The Drive on Super Bowl Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Kyle Shanahan on legacy, in a sense, right? And that's one of the questions. I want to hear from you on it. Whose legacy changes depending on what team wins today? 1-800-919-3776. Unfortunately for Kyle Shanahan, he, much like Dan Quinn, are remembered for that collapse. Atlanta was rolling in the Super Bowl over New England. It's crazy because I picked New England in that Super Bowl. Because I didn't I just felt that you know, they they had no answer for what New England was bringing. I mean, how could you how could you question it? It's Brady, it's Belichick. It's the it's the execution of the Patriots. It's the Patriots that don't hurt themselves. It's the Patriots that don't turn the football over. It's the Patriots that force you into turnovers. How how are they gonna how is how is Atlanta beating that team? And Atlanta rolled over them in the first half. New England looked like they were running in quicksand. They looked old. They looked slow. Atlanta was quick. Atlanta was crisp. Atlanta was moving. Atlanta looked great. And all of a sudden, New England makes a comeback. Defense can't stop them. Offense can't get going. And Kyle Shanahan is part of that. 
I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine being a Falcon fan and having been a half away from being a Super Bowl champion, being the fan of a Super Bowl champion, and now you're unfortunately the response to a question, what are some of the biggest come-from-behind chokes in not football history, not Super Bowl history, in sports history because of how you dominated that team so much and then what happened. So for this, for me, Kyle Shanahan, that's whose legacy is really affected by this game today. We all, we're going to know and get to the calls in a second. We already know he's a fabulous coordinator, okay? And he's been very successful as a head coach. This Niners team has been really good. Look what he's done with this. Look what he's been able to do with Brock Purdy. Mr. Irrelevant? Look what he's been able to do with him. And arguably, if he didn't lose 107 quarterbacks last season, I don't know that they, they don't beat Philly. I don't know that Philly finds a way to beat them and ends up facing Kansas City in the Super Bowl? I don't know. I mean, Philly was great last year. There's no question. Jalen Hurts was outstanding. That defense was incredible. But I don't know. I don't know. So that's my choice. What's yours? 1-800-919-3776. Justin's in Dobbs Ferry. Justin, start us off on the drive. Hey, what's going on, man? I mean, you're talking about legacy. You know, 12 years ago, the Giants won the Super Bowl with Spagnola, you know, and now he's going to be on his third Super Bowl possibly with, you know, with uh, Kansas City. I mean, this guy's got to be a Hall of Famer if he could dial this up again. They don't, he doesn't get much love and talk, you know, like all these other uh, coordinators get. You're right, Justin. He doesn't. And and thanks for the phone call. He's a guy that has been good wherever, he, wherever he's gone. And I think he is a future Hall of Famer. I do. If you're able to do what he's – and think about how we looked at this Kansas City defense over the past couple seasons. I think about that. We looked at the Kansas City defense like, oh, God, can they hold a lead? <laughs> Are they – how many points does Kansas City have to put up against this, this, this awful Kansas City defense? They don't do this. They don't do that. They don't do this. <laughs> That's changed since Spagnuolo's been there. They are much better defense. And this year, this year, as I said earlier, the defense has been the most consistent part of this team, along with special teams. The defense has been the most consistent road for Kansas City. And look what they've been able to do late. Look what they were able to do against Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. Now, we could argue, well, you know, teams ran against them and Baltimore didn't run. You're right. Should have been. They should have changed the game plan. They should have made some adjustments. They should have done something different. But they didn't. And obviously, Spagnolo did a great job in giving them different looks so they didn't think they could do some things. Lamar Jackson? Had a bad game. I'm not taking anything away from Spagnolo when I say that. That was not the Lamar Jackson who won the MVP this season. He did not play like an MVP in the game, in the AFC Championship game. 
We agree. But I can't acknowledge that Steve Spagnuolo had something to do with that. Mitch is in East Windsor. Mitch, you're next on 98.7. How's it going, Larry? How are you doing, Happy uh, Super Sunday. Same to you. Uh, hello? Yep, same to you. Talk to me. Hello? Yeah, I got you. You don't hear me? Hello? All right, we'll come back and see what's going on with Mitch. Mitch is not hearing me. Uh, Ryan's in Jersey. Ryan, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how's it going? Huge show of the fan. Um, I mean, a huge fan of the show. I love the show today. Uh, you bring in the energy, getting me ready. I feel like I could step out on the field right now with uh, – <laughs> You know, this pregame show right now. I'm ready to go, Ryan. But, um, I'm ready for some football, my friend. I just want friend. to say, you know, whose legacy is most on the line right now? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's Roger Goodell and the integrity of the NFL with the officiating mm. crews that are out there. Week after week, the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, I think there's a little bit of blatant calls going their way. You know, there's holding calls, roughing the passer. It's just not going both ways. So, I really just want to see a fair game between both teams and not get the Chiefs carried by the rest, you know, all the way to the Super Bowl. I hear you, Ryan. Thanks for the phone call and the kind words. I'll say this. The officiating has been bad all season. I know there's been – folks think that there's been a Kansas City bias. I know. I hear, I hear it all the time. But to be honest, the issue is there aren't rules for the sport. Larry, what are you talking about? There's not rules for the sport? What do you mean? Yeah, there's rules for the sport. There are rules for the sport, but it's interpreted differently by every crew. What is pass interference with one crew is not pass interference with the other crew. What is holding with one crew is not holding with another crew. What's uh, uh, roughing the passer is not the same for every crew. That's the issue with officiating in the National Football League, it's not universal. And it should be. A hold is a hold. Now, do I understand that sometimes when you have big games like a game today, sometimes officials will maybe swallow the whistle? Yeah, it happens. Should it? No. It should not. Now, do I, am I going to sit here and be happy with a bunch of yellow flags in the air? No, I would not. I would be the first one yelling, let them play. But if there are plays that are going against what is the rules of the sport and it's allowing a team to have an advantage or an individual to have an advantage, you have to call the, you have to call the penalty. What is pass interference? Have you seen pass interference consistently from every officiating crew this season. I know I haven't. There's always a different interpretation of it. Well, sometimes it's, did he look back at the football? Well, the the corner looked back at the football, so it's not pass interference. Okay, but I've seen it called. Well, he wasn't looking towards the football, so that's pass interference. Okay, I've seen that not called. And speaking of, uh, you know, integrity of the league, isn't it funny? And Joe Leo and I were talking about it during the break. The fact that the NFL has a Super Bowl in Vegas. 
you remember, and I know I've been covering sports a while, but it hasn't been that long, that you guys, you know what I'm saying. Remember when people saying they weren't, they weren't going to be any professional sports in Vegas because of the hint of impropriety with gambling? Remember that? My, how things have changed. We not only have the Super Bowl there, we've got teams, pro teams playing in Vegas. Hello, Raiders. Hello, A's. If you can convince the mayor that everything's going to be okay. (laughs) Isn't it fascinating? Hello, Golden Knights in the National Hockey League. Hello, betting. And all the different things and all the different props and all the things you can have on site. You're in Vegas. You can go to any of the casinos right there and have a ball. Isn't that amazing? My, how times have changed. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. To Jet and Giant fans, it's like, we're good. <laughs> I don't want to talk about nothing. I don't want to say anything. I'm good. I don't want to talk about it. Wake me in the draft. I, I, I watch this game and I'm good. Hopefully things will change for my team next season. Hope, hopefully. Back to the folds. 1-800-919-3776. Let's try Mitch in East Windsor again. Mitch, you're back. How's it going, Larry? Uh, good show. Thanks again. Sorry about that. It's my equipment. I got you. Um, it was going to be some game. I mean, had um, Kyle Shed had ran the ball, run the ball those last two times. They would have won the Super Bowl. So, and he's stocked. He's got a great offensive uh, uh, weapons. Wide receivers, two good wide receivers. Even Elijah Mitchell could, could do quite well if something happens to Chris um, McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I hope the defense uh, really plays well, especially both. I hope we get two sacks. But I'm just saying, this can't say they talk about the defense. There's no Buck Buchanan's here, or Ernie Ladd, or Jim Lynch, or Willie Lanier. It's just that Pat Mahomes. It's kind of like Dan Marino with wheels. I mean, he never wanted it because he couldn't run. And he didn't have a great deep. But um, I'm always, uh, I hope you uh, see wins as a dynasty. If I'm pulling for San Francisco, I don't know about you. You just want a good game, right? Yeah, I want a good game, Mitch. Thanks for the phone call. I do want a good game. I'll tell you who will win. Actually, the uh, I think the score is up on X with all the hosts that we've done. But I'll give you a score before we leave you today. Uh, you make an interesting point about Nick Bosa. And, and we talked about the defense. And, you know, during the week, Steve Wilkes – uh, commented, and we saw a couple of the defensive members of that Niners team talk about how they were embarrassed by the way they have played in the postseason, that teams have been able to do certain things against them that have it's been like a surprise. They've not played well. I mean, Bosa had two sacks in the NFC uh, conference, conference game. He's got 10 sacks in 11 career playoff games, and he's had he's hoping to get three in a row against Kansas City, but uh, that defense has got to be better. They've got to find a way to rush Patrick Mahomes plus contain him and keep him between, keep him in the pocket, right? You don't want him to run wide. You want him to have to step up into more defensive pressure. So that's going to be the – for me, this how this comes down, 
one of the key plays, and I think ESPN did a great job on the pregame show earlier today, and talking about different schemes, right? And talking about how you go back and you look what Andy Reid was able to do against Baltimore last a couple of weeks ago. What he was able to do was, okay, they wanted to run the football, but they understood Baltimore's aggressiveness to stop the run. So he just screened Pacheco, left side and right side. He screened Pacheco. He screened Pacheco, and that's how they got the early points. Now, Ravens made an adjustment, and it wasn't as effective in the second half, which is why if you're a Baltimore fan, you're like, <laughs> they shut them out in the second half. How did you not make an adjustment too and score and get some points? But they didn't. But nevertheless, that's the interesting thing. How is How will the Niners try to take away – Andy Reid's screen game. That's going to be fascinating to me. Kenny's in Long Island. What's up, Kenny? Hello, Larry. Howard Cosell. Uh, you brought up the, the uh, 49er defense, but I got to put some blame on uh, on the head coach and the defensive uh, coordinator because they're just not – you, you brought up Nicky Boza. Nicky Boza is double and triple team 40% of the time. The 49ers are second to last in blitzing in the league. I, I think if you've got a star player, beast like Boza, being doubled and tripled, you got a blitz on that on, on his side or the opposite side uh, where these players are getting jammed up. That's part of playing defense is to make that quick adjustment during the game. They haven't done it. And if you, if you watch some of these games, you'll see they run away from Boza and the quarterback rolls away from Boza. So if they don't make that adjustment today, they're going to have problems. I think the um, Chiefs have better coaching with Spags and Reed, much better than, than the 49ers have with, uh, you know, with, with, you know with their head coach and with their assistant coaches. I don't want to name all these guys, but I think the coaching is much better along those lines. Uh, don't forget now, uh, these guys – um, they, they just, you know, four years ago, the 49ers had a lead in, in the Super Bowl and, and they were running good. They ran good through the whole playoffs and he, and he abandoned it in the, in the, you know, in the fourth quarter, late in the third quarter. I mean, why do something like that when it was working? That's why I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the, the coaching is much better with the chiefs. Um, I think they got, obviously the 49ers have a good, a very good team. A lot of good players on this team. The offense has got to kick into gear in the first quarter. No more of this starting the fourth quarter, late third quarter, like the last two playoff mm. games. And mm-hmm. the defense has got to get their act together. Uh, Nicky Boza goes all out on every single play. Now, I've seen these games. Not everybody on that defense is going all out on every play. You cannot do that. Follow the ball in football. You never know. A fumble, a guy can reverse field and run right into you. So the, the defense has got to get their act together. I like the 49ers, but you never rule out Reed and Mahomes because Mahomes, uh, I mean, this guy, he'll, he'll put on, he'll put on a, a football touchdown factory <laughs> late in the game. He'll, be start, he'll pump out the points. And, and you yeah. can't get la- lack of things like the 49ers done in the la- last two games. Their defense has been basically as fast asleep and not playing the way they can play. When you when you give up a lot of running, they both Detroit and Green Bay ran good against them. To mm-hmm. me, that's an indicator that that you're either tired or you're getting blown off the line of scrimmage. That's yeah. what's taking place there. One of the two or both of the two, and that's not a good indicator too, especially for the defensive line. 
they have to come up with something better defensively. You're they right, got to protect Kenny. their best defensive player, Nikki. You're Bolton. a thousand percent right. Thanks for the phone call. You broke it down well. You broke it down well. They have been able, well, and on the other side, people have been able to run against Kansas City as well. That's why a lot of folks were like, why didn't Baltimore run the football more? Because Kansas City has been susceptible to the run. So, look, when you get to games like this, there's no question. Now, your thought process is, and there's been a lot of conversation about Brock Purdy, and once again, I'll say, I'll say it again. All he does is win games and get his team to the Super Bowl. His team, if they had not gotten hurt last year, I don't. if he had not gotten hurt last year, I would think they might have gotten to the Super Bowl. I think they had a really good shot against the Philadelphia Eagles. This might have been a rematch. And yes, we rank, well, who, who's better than this one? And obviously, that's what we do. That's what Sports Talk Radio is about. That was, the, that was the whole, the beginning of it. To have those conversations that you have among your friends and at the water cooler or at the, where you have your adult beverages at a bar or, or a sports bar or something of that nature. That's what this is about. That's why we have these conversations. But I would say to you, with good coaching and talented players, Brock Purdy's done okay for a guy who was drafted last as Mr. Irrelevant. He's done pretty good. <laughs> He's done good. Now, will he be able to decipher what Spagnolo's going to show him today? That's going to be the question. And yet, the pressure's on the Niners because the Niners have to put some points on the board. Then you kind of make, you kind of can determine what happens for Kansas City offensively if you're able to do that. Now you're putting them into, you know, you got to pass the football. And now that changes the dynamic a little bit. Okay? That does change it. So, but it's the same thing for Kansas City. Both of these teams, to be honest, even in the postseason, have not played up to how good they can be. Now, Purdy, uh, in their game, listen, he was able to do some things with his legs that you did not see him do consistently, and that he took what was given to him. They took receivers away. They left wide gaps open, and he went through those gaps. But the issue for Spagnolo today, because everybody wants to take something away. Everybody does. Everybody. He can't take away Samuel, Kittle, and McCaffrey. He's got to live with one of those being able to do something. Obviously, he's not trying to give up a big play. It's not what I'm saying. But he's got to – there's some of – one of those three big-time players, and, we, and now Yoko's in there as well has to be able to make some plays offensively to force him to have to change his defensive game plan. That's why Jay Bromley will join us a little later in the show. Played under Steve Spagnuolo. Can't wait to hear what his thought process is going to be, what we can expect from Spags today. 1-800-919-3776. Whose legacy is going to be affected by the Super Bowl today? We'll get your thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. Top of the hour, we'll turn our attention for a little bit. We'll talk a little of the Knicks. We'll have uh, Jamie Harris in. He'll talk a little bit about uh, what the new acquisitions will do, what this puts uh, – how does this extend the Knicks situation? Does it change them? 
and we'll talk a little next, and then we'll come back to football at the 4 o'clock hour. Anthony's in Queens. What's up, Ant? Larry, that's a great question. Um, it's got to be Kyle Shanahan. Here's why. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan's 44 years old. He'll be 45 in the middle of next season. You're talking about a guy who theoretically, Larry, has maybe 30 years left in coaching in the NFL. So this is his third Super Bowl, second one as a head coach. Obviously, we know what happened with the Falcons. Garoppolo wasn't that great. He got him there, couldn't make that throw, so now he got Purdy. So now let's just say Purdy's his guy, right? Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy who can go on a run, and who knows? Who knows in 30 years, 20 years, 25 years, how many Super Bowls this guy could win? I think he's got to get the monkey off his back and get that first one, kind of like what the 49ers did. Remember what Steve Young Ripped mm-hmm. the monkey off his back after he won that Super Bowl because he couldn't he couldn't win it. Um, I think that's Kyle Shanahan today. I do think the 49ers are going to win. I think a big key in this game is that the 49ers do not blitz the quarterback. Um, I don't think that Mahomes is going to have those rushing lanes that he had against those other teams when they blitz them. Mm-hmm. The 49ers do a lot of zone coverage. And I think that's going to frustrate Mahomes a little bit. He's going to get a little dink and dunk. I don't think he's going to have those big plays. Mm-hmm. And I really do think that there's so many weapons on the 49ers, like you said. You take away Kittle, you got Ayuk. You take away Ayuk, you got uh, McCaffrey. You take away McCaffrey, you just got weapon after weapon after weapon. Too much. I think it's just too much. And I think, Anthony, thanks for the phone call. That's why people think the Niners are, that's why the Niners are favorite by point and a half. Because what do you take away? Now, the counter to what you said is, and you go back to the game against the Ravens. Arguably, you would say that, and you know, I'm quoting Rex Ryan, as I watched the pregame earlier, as I mentioned, they do a better zone job than the Niners do. You would say that the Ravens defensively Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't have the. They don't have the Bosa up front. But they. They've always had a physical defense as a whole. They've always done that, and so from the zone position, how do you not try to put pressure on Mahomes to make sure that he does not have time for the receivers to find those soft spots in the zone? Every zone has a soft spot. Okay, every zone has. The question is, does the quarterback have the time to allow the receiver to diagnose and find where that soft spot is? And that's where, as we mentioned, Bosa and other members of that front and even warning the linebackers, okay? That's where you wonder, are they going to be able to put the pressure on Mahomes so that they don't have to blitz? So you don't, he won't have time to allow those receivers to be able to find a soft spot in the zone. Or, going back to the comment we had about officials earlier in the, cat, in, in the show, is will they allow the physicality defensively, will they allow the defense to be more physical in allowing receivers to get off the ball to be able to get into the spots where they can find holes in the zone? So there's a lot of different things, a lot of different options, that can be made up here. That's going to be fascinating to see how it happens and how it progresses as the game goes. 
Because the other thing, and one of the callers mentioned it, I, it's about coaching. It's about coaching. It's about adjustments. But how quickly do you make those adjustments? This is the Super Bowl. You don't have time for, uh, to wait till the half to make adjustments. When you guys are looking at, when you see them looking at these computer tablets, all right, you have to make those adjustments right away. You can't just wait. Well, you know, we'll get to it. No, you got to make the adjustments right away. You have to take away what teams are trying to do. And so that's going to be an interesting thing. As I mentioned, for me, I agree with Ant. I agree with Anthony. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is the person whose legacy is most uh, has is the most interesting for me to see how it, how it works out today, how it changes. What has he learned in those two Super Bowl appearances? that both were losses, okay, that he can take and learn from so that it does not happen again. We always talk about how players make adjustments. We always talk about what players learn from video. We always talk about how players have to take that next step, how they can't afford to make the same mistake over and over again. Well, that applies to coaches too. What did Shanahan learn in those losses? that he said, if I got back there again, I would change A, B, C, D, or E. And can he make that? Does he have the confidence in his, in his quarterback, in Brock Purdy, that he can make those changes? I would have to say he has a lot of confidence in it. Otherwise, he would not have moved on from Trey Lance, whom they drafted. To be the next person. They moved on from him. They have confidence in Brock Purdy. They believe he can do what it takes to get them going. I hope it is a very entertaining game. Because all too often, you know, we're sitting here afterwards talking about, gosh, this was a disappointment. This wasn't what we thought it was going to be. And I know for some... Because it's, oh, God, it's Kansas City again, and you're not interested. And I can respect that. I, I, I respect folks that say, you know, I'm tired of seeing the same teams there over and over and over again. I want to see somebody new. I want to see somebody different. A bunch of folks wanted to see Baltimore here. A lot of people, after Green Bay went on the run, hey, let's see what Jordan Love looks like. Hey, let's see what, 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 what that's going to be like. So I get all that. But these are the games we have. This is the team, two teams we have in there today. And they are two of the teams with the best record. Both of them have won 14 games. So ultimately, this is, I guess we kind of, we, we expected San Francisco to be there. I mean, let's face it. With the way they played for most of the season, it would have been an upset if they weren't there. Kansas City really, though, is kind of a surprise, once again, for the same reason, because of how they played most of the season. We didn't expect Kansas City was going to be there. We didn't expect that Kansas City was going to go on a run. All right? Didn't expect it. But that's where we are. And the question is, can the Kansas City defense, again, with Spagnolo come up big, give Brock Purdy things that he thinks he's looking at, but he's not? And I don't care who the team is. It's always the same. 
But I think it's even more important for the Kansas City defense if they have a chance to win today. Every defense goes into a game saying we have to stop the run. We have to stop the run and make the opponent one-dimensional where we put them in second and long situations where we can dictate the coverage and the pressure that we can put on those teams. So the question becomes, how does Steve Spagnuolo and that Kansas City defense contain? Because I don't think you're going to stop Christian McCaffrey. But how do, now how do they contain him to the point that he is not killing them for huge, huge chunks of yardage? And also, from the receiving standpoint, it's not just about him running the football. It's about all-purpose yards from him. That's the other part of it. I mean, okay, against Green Bay, he had 132 scrimmage yards, 90 rushing, 42 passing, 42 receiving, and two running touchdowns. Okay, that's him affecting all phases. So, yes, uh, George Kittle's outstanding. Yes, Debo Samuel's outstanding. Yes, Brendan Ayuk is outstanding. But you have to find a way to try to contain Christian McCaffrey because of his ability to affect you in passing and also in running. Those are, the, those are the things that you have to look forward to. That's what you have to try to figure out. And so that's what Kansas City's got to do if they want to win today. All right? Uh, obviously, for the Niners, it's, it's Travis Kelsey cannot beat you. Can't let Travis Kelsey beat you if you're the Niners today. Can't. When Mahomes is right and that offense is right, he and Kelsey are right. You cannot let Travis Kelsey beat you today. He cannot. If somebody else beats you, if some of the, one of the other receivers beats you, you you know you tip your cap, and you say, "Okay, congratulations, you did it. You were great." But, uh, and to be honest, the way Rasheed Rice played a couple of weeks ago against Baltimore. You have to he he deserves some attention. And obviously, Isaiah Pacheco, what he was able to do against Baltimore in the screen game, that's also something that the Niners have to be aware of. But the bottom line here for the Niners is you have to make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable. Can't let him just sit back there and you have to let him run a certain split pace. Uh, will they have a spy on 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 Mahomes, maybe they will. Maybe that's the maybe that's an, uh, a way that they're going to look at things. That they'll have a spy on. So wherever he, you know, how does he and how does he adjust to that? Can't let Patrick Mahomes sit back there and throw all day. You can't let uh, Purdy sit back there and throw all day. I don't, you can't let any quarterback sit there back there and throw all day, especially at this level. When we return. We'll take a timeout from football. We'll talk hoops with Jamie Harris of the Amsterdam News next on 98.7 ESPN.